We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Matson. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, one of the drunkest people at my wedding, Chris Biederman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I uh... You got after it. I'm not, it's not a knock. It's not a knock. It's just funny so, because... Go ahead. You, you no, the ba- your The case. backstory is... I I had the the gall, the nerve, to bring a little bit of whiskey to the hotel room when where the groomsmen were getting ready, and apparently I'm the only one like pre gaming for the wedding, and I, ever I since then, the room, dog. ever since then, I'm just I I haven't I haven't heard the end of it. It was just, I'm some no. degenerate. Who's like, hey man, let's party. You're getting married today. It was it was it was funny because we're, and we're we're sponsored by Lamb Chops and Cooperage. We'll get to it in a second. We'll also get to 49ers. <laughs> it's a bi-week pod though. What the hell do you want from us? So <laughs> you're welcome for the free content. Um no, so I I I I didn't want to be because I'd seen a bunch of like reels and TikToks and stuff mm-hmm. of guys being just hammered at the altar. And sure. I didn't want that. And so I know how I get if I have one or two. It's like, <laughs> yeah, hey, pour up. I'm fine. We so, saw how you got during the during the reception. Thank you. It, that's what I was worried about. <laughs> so <laughs> so it was it was it's funny. It, it's it, I, I had had a drink at breakfast. And then while we were getting ready, I had a I had a little whiskey ginger ale. And then we get to the venue and you disappear for two minutes and come back with hands full of shots of whiskey. And you're like, let's go boys. <laughs> it was yeah, great. I mean, I, I was time. It loosened listen, me up. It was really needed. It's just, I'm going to make a bit out of it. Yeah. You, you made me a groomsman and it's my duty as a groomsman you to make sure the vibes are high. And right. that's, and they, that's all I was trying to do. And you did a great job. Thank you. But I'm going to make fun of it. That's because fine. It was a funny, it was a funny thing to me. Um, you know, I, ironically enough, we're in the we're in the wedding planning stages, and I know how staunch you were about having a full open bar at yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're leaning a different direction. Oh. Sadly, I think Spoiler. we're going. I think we're going beer and wine, but two signature cocktails, not full open bar. That's dude. That's honestly do what you want. It's your wedding. Have a yeah. great time. I I found I found that. <laughs> that the beer wine signature cocktail move is mm-hmm. a plus. It just yeah. takes the guesswork out of it. It takes the, it just like here, have this or have nothing. I You'd be surprised at how many wedding I venues. <laughs> yeah. TBD. Um, you'd be surprised at how many wedding venues don't want to do full open bar. And, uh, and it's, I th- I think too many people act a, act a certain way at the end of the night, so they're just trying to, make, they act like you know, I like <laughs> like they're they're not trying to have people with you know trash bags in their lap driving home anything like that. God, can you imagine? Not driving home, just, but in the past, but in the past, somebody just gets too. in the car and just vomits as soon as the car moves. That'd be so embarrassing. <laughs> imagine. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't even couldn't even contemplate that. I couldn't even remember. I mean, imagine that. <laughs> uh lamb chops sglambchops.com that's who we're sponsored by the official clothing brand of candlestick chronicles sglambchops.com that's the website 
SG Lamb Chops. That's the Instagram handle. You're going to want to follow them there. They've got a winter line coming out. Keep up with all their latest styles on Instagram and then shop for them at sglambchops.com. While you're shopping, use that promo code Candlestick20 for 20% off of your order. It's almost hoodie season. I've been wearing my Lamb Chops hoodies like every day. It's the best. Oh, it's, it's definitely hoodie season. Yeah. Firmly into hoodie season. And I'm, I mean, I'm, we say that now and then it's going to be like 80 degrees in Sacramento next week randomly. Is it so. really? No, I don't know. But oh, like, thank it's, God. It just it feels like whenever we get like, oh, it's hoodie season, then we'll just have like a randomly hot day where you're like, why? Why is it this warm? Yeah, but it's fine. We got we got we got lamb chops clothing for all weather. So it's really exactly. just load you know, up your no closet, here. load up the closet and you're ready for anything and do so at sglambchops.com. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. Cooperagebrewing.com is the website. You know, we always focus on the website and ordering a case of beer and getting it shipped and all that. Which you can. You can go on the website. You can order a case. They'll send it to your door next day shipping if you're 21 or over and in the state of California. It's great. I don't feel like we emphasize enough how dope the actual brewery is, though. It's Yeah, I would agree. It's just such a great spot. It's not in a crowded area. It's secluded a little bit from the main like road. And you get in there and the, there's music. The vibes are high. There's always a great food truck indoor seating outdoor seating it's very spacious you're not like crowded in all next to people it's a really really high quality spot to hang out so visit the brewery when you're in santa rosa or in that area so november 18th uh at cooperage they have a coupon ice event and they're actually going to have an ice rink there from three to six so um they're gonna have face face painting uh, fresh food from Cousins Maine Lobster and Shorty's Oh Donuts. Oh. Um, Blades of Glory is going to play in accordance with the uh, incredible. They're going to have a movie night in accordance with the ice rink. So yeah, check out Cooperage. To your point, when they do these special events, obviously ours, uh, our annual Candlestick Chronicles live show at Cooperage is amazing. Um, but they do a bunch of other stuff, and uh, so check them out on Instagram, Cooperage Brewing on instagram and uh yeah man go go ice skating outdoors in santa rosa i've as somebody from santa rosa i've never seen outdoor ice skating there so that's uh that's pretty dope i might pull up i don't know if i'll ice skate but i might pull up and drink some beer there are worse ideas man cooper's brewing cooper's brewing.com we're seven minutes into this we're not talking about football yet let's do that hey this is george kittle and you're listening to candlestick chronicles which means it is time for the candies that is our annual award show where we give out awards for uh things like best play rookie of the year but by year we mean first half defensive player of the year offensive player of the year disappointment of the year and team mvp plus some other little fun awards that that chris and i have have come up with so that's what we're going to do today in lieu of a game preview because the 49ers do not play this weekend. And I don't know if there's a team in the league that needed a buy more than the 49ers did. Just with Trent Williams banged up. Oh, and Debo Samuel said on Up and Adams, which is uh, the, the FanDuel show, the FanDuel TV show with, with Kay Adams. She asked him if where he's at health-wise, and he says, I'm ready to go. So it sounds like Debo Samuel will be back after the bye week as planned. So that's good news. They've traded for Chase Young. So the Niners are going to look a little different in week 10 than they did in week eight. And I think uh, I think that's because the bye came at the right time. It's kind of funny. Like last year, you remember they had their two game losing streak and that really terrible game against the Chiefs. And then it was like, oh, the, they had the Rams next week. And the Rams had always been sort of the get right team. Mm-hmm. Right. And sort of that moment that like spurred the turnaround, like whenever they would see the, the Rams blue and gold, mm-hmm. it would just like the flip the switch would flip mm-hmm. maybe the bye week like lose three games in a row including one at home you lose to two sub 500 teams on the road before that maybe the bye week is really what flips the switch for these guys and uh 
or if not, like maybe they just have real issues. But I, given what we know about this team and given how they've responded to situations like this before, I'm kind of expecting them to come out and at least play really well in Jacksonville. I don't know if they'll win necessarily because Jacksonville is also really good. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to be the same type of game that we've watched the, the last three weeks. That's just a guess. If it is, if they have the same issues getting to the quarterback that they had before the bye, and this time it's with Chase Young, I'm going to have some very real questions about what the hell they're doing defensively. <laughs> yeah. Steve Wilkes might, uh, I don't know. We'll see. But that's that's a hypothetical at this point. Might be what? Leave Wilkes. If they stink again on defense. Yeah, not not your best. I mean, I don't hate it. I just, you know, you set the bar pretty high with your puns sometimes. My best. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. They're all bad. That's all fair. right. Let's let let's dive into these the the second annual candy. Second annual? I think second annual. Second annual third? candies. Third? I feel like they're the third annual candies. Let's call it the third annual candies. And it's going to start with the best play of the season. So. Last year, it felt like there were several nominees, Mm -hmm. but this year it's really hard to find plays that jump out for me because typically they come in a win, and typically it's some play that sparked like a close win, but they've not had any close wins this year. They've had a couple of close losses and a bunch of blowout wins, so and a blowout loss. So the the play that jumped out to me was the Christian McCaffrey long touchdown run. I think it was sixty five yard touchdown run against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. where he started left and then spun off of his blocker and at the same time made a defender miss and then went 65 yards and got that huge block downfield from Brandon Ayuk where he, where he flattened a cornerback. That, to me, was just peak 49ers offense. And it's the play that, when I think of the play of the year for the 49ers, that's the one that jumps out for me. I had the same one. I don't know if there's like a second. If there's a second option. So the back shoulder touchdown to Brandon Ayuk against the Steelers on Patrick Peterson was a good one. It was good. It wasn't, it wasn't like, I mean, it was a, it was featured two great individual efforts. Brock Purdy's throw was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ayuk's catch against Peterson was good, but it felt like the difference between that and the McCaffrey run was that McCaffrey's run was like a full team. Right. Like it was blocked up really well. McCaffrey individually made a really special play, and then Ayuk blocking and Ray Ray McLeod blocking. It was just kind of like, you know, it was the the back shoulder play was good, but I think it it sort of speaks to like the fact that the season and maybe there's a there are plays from the Cowboys game that we're, that we're just kind of forgetting at this point, but like to say that that's to say that, and I'm not disagreeing with the idea that that Brandon Ayuk touchdown is this is the second one is like the second mm-hmm. most notable play of the year. But if it is, it speaks to the year being kind of like meh from like a explosive play standpoint. Yeah, it's been is super that fair? Mid. Yeah, yeah, I think super so. mid. <laughs> it's been mid as hell. the The first touchdown pass to George Kittle against the Cowboys is another one that sticks out. Yeah, that's a really nice play by by. Brock to create out of structure and then hit Kittle on the run and and make a nice throw. That one jumps out to me as well, but I I think it's the CMC touchdown run against Pitt. Yeah. And the, the touchdown to McCaffrey on or yeah, McCaffrey on Sunday, the pass um, where that we talked about in the, in the last pod on Sunday night where Mm. he rolls right and then throws back across his body. Like that was, (laughs) As ridiculous as that play was, I think we have to consider that one too. Sure. A little bit, even though that the play didn't amount to a whole lot, given how poorly that game went overall. Yeah. That was a good play. It's not not a lot for best play. Yeah, weird, weird year. Also, yeah. not having Debo in the lineup takes out a, a player who is very capable of making a kind of standout play, and he hasn't been in since week six. So Yeah. That that probably influences it as well. All right, let's move on to disappointment of the year. We're going to get negative here before we get we get back onto the positive side of things. Mm-hmm. To me, this is not really close. I'm going to give it out to a group of players. I'm giving it to the entire defensive line. They, as a unit, are my biggest disappointment of the year. I think it's fair. 
And if you want to pick a player on the line, then fine. But yeah, I mean, I I think it's Nick Bosa. If you you know, I mean, he he's the highest paid non quarterback in the NFL. And while the pressure numbers have been there, we haven't had a signature Bosa moment. And even the yep. the what two and a half sacks that he's had, two of them, he was just basically unblocked. Yeah. So yeah. when like. You know, I, I understand that sometimes sack numbers aren't always going to be there mm-hmm. and the pressure numbers and, you know, like all those other advanced metrics are probably more telling about, you know, this type of season a pass rushers having than just pure sack numbers. Mm-hmm. But he's just not affecting games. And he was, I think, unquestionably the most impactful defensive player in the league last year, which is why he won Defensive Player of the Year pretty handily. Um, so yeah, I think Nick Bosa being the biggest disappointment is there. Um, I think there are, there are probably too many, too many names to put on this list, given the expectations the 49ers had coming into the season. I think you could put Steve Wilkes on there. I think, you know, the expectation was, oh, Steve Wilkes, really good coach, really good assistant, uh, leader of men. Um, you know, going to provide a new perspective and and offer something a little bit different that's that's going to be additive to the 49ers defense that's been so good mm-hmm. under Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans in previous years. And it just hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if if it's a schematic thing. I don't know if it's a leadership thing and a cultural thing. Like, are is everyone buying in fully and is everyone playing with their hair on fire because of the way they feel about the messaging they're getting from their defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's there. I would say uh, Jake Moody. Just you, you draft a, a kicker in the third round. And mm-hmm. basically the only expectation is don't lose us games. Like we're mm-hmm. drafting you here because um, we think you're going to be good. And all you have to do to justify the pick is just not cost them games and be a, I don't know, is a top 10 kicker a fair expectation for a guy you draft in the third yeah. round? Yeah, hundred percent. And he just hasn't been good. And there's no real confidence in him at this point. Right. Like yeah. he, he made that long kick in Minnesota. He obviously wasn't a factor in the Cincinnati game, but the fact that Jake Moody already cost you a game in Cleveland, missed two field goals in a game you lose by two. Uh, scene, it's a tough scene, man. So yeah. I think you, I think I'm with you on the defensive line for sure. Um, but I would throw, I would highlight Nick Bosa if I were going to say the, the, if I were going to go yeah. that defensive line route, I would point it more towards him directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say runner up, just to, you know, would be would be Moody, just because you know your place a really, really reliable kicker in Robbie Gold who never missed in the playoffs. And it's really hard to feel great about your kicker situation going into the playoffs if you're the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd put Javon Hargrave in that group for sure. He's, you, it the, feels like he's played well, though. Doesn't he's it? Been, yeah, no, he's been, he's been okay, but it was supposed to be like, man, he's going to wreck games on the interior, and he just hasn't. So I... I I, I just I keep going back to the defensive line. Like I get what you're saying about Jake Moody, but Jake Moody wasn't supposed to be this tip of the spear that was going to help this team win a Super Bowl. I mean, tip it's, of the spear on special teams. <laughs> That's Mitch Wisnowski disrespect, and that won't. That won't. <laughs> that won't oh, be we were talking about we were talking we're we're gonna make up some fun awards to give out, and yeah. I'm extremely disappointed in myself. I didn't come up with something Mitch Wisnowski related. Maybe I I'll do one. this on the fly. I got okay, it. Nope, okay, I got good. It. Well, okay, that's good. That's good co-hosting by you. I appreciate yeah. you. I knew. I did. We're 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 right here. Okay. All right, our next <laughs> our next award rookie of the year. <laughs> Who do you this got, Chris? Tough, man, this is this is, is pretty it? tough. It's not. It's tough from the standpoint of like nobody deserves this. Who deserves it, it? Okay, here's who deserves it. Jake Moody because he plays. That's that's the standard that that's is, been set. That is the most participation award it award is par- that will ever be given out on the candies. It is. That's that's literally what this is because the 49ers 
dude, they've not, none of their rookies have played. They traded up to draft Jair Brown. He's done nothing. Um, they, yeah, I mean, he's a backup. He's Moody. a special teamer. Yeah, right. So he hasn't, he hasn't had an impact yet. I, I think he will eventually, but, but this year, which is what we're doing the first half of this year, he's not done anything. Then it's Jake Moody. And then it's, oh my God. Daryl Luter, Robert no, Beal. No, Cam Latu. Cam Latu, thank you. Uh, Cam Latu. And then it was Darrell Luter. And it was Braden Willis and Ronnie Bell. And it just. Jalen Graham, Bob Beal. D Winters. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that they've necessarily been like losing games this year because of their rookie class, but they haven't gotten any contributions from their rookie class. Um, yeah. I think in large part because they have a really veteran laden roster. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think the point here is that rookie of the year goes to Jake Moody because it's just a participation award at this point. Is Jake Moody making kicks because he's stealing the opposing team's special team sign? We can't rule it out. Many are saying. We can't rule it out given, you know, given his experience in college. I just, it's not like they needed the rookie class to be awesome, but they could use help at tight end and they're not getting, they could use help at corner. They're not getting anything. Neither linebacker that they used to pick on is, is contributing outside of D winters playing some special teams. Jalen Graham's a healthy scratch. Ronnie bell can't even get on the field when Debo Samuel is out. So I don't, I don't really know what the purpose of any of their picks were in this year's draft, except to fill roster spots. Yeah. I mean, I, I think these guys just haven't played enough to really make any significant judgments, but yeah. I mean, they don't have, they, there's nobody that they drafted who's like a certified ass kicker like George Kittle was about? in 2017. Who do you feel great about next year? Who do I feel great about? I don't know if, if I feel great about any of them, but I, I do feel pretty good about Jair Brown. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. And it wasn't, the expectation wasn't that he was going to play, which makes, you know, it's fine. I'm just waiting on the second year leap from Jake Moody. Before I make any judgments. Sure. Jake Moody's, Jake Moody's the rookie of the year. Not a finished product. Also, I'm going to use this time to point out that John Lynch got asked in his press conference on Wednesday about the players who are on injured lists. So that's Cam Latu, the rookie. Darrell Luter, who's on PUP. Uh, no, not Cam Latu. I'm sorry. He's done for the year. But Darrell Luter, who's on PUP. And then Samuel Womack, who went on IR, and Danny Gray, who went on IR, and Robert Beal. Robert Beal, thank you. That's what I was trying to think of when I said when I said Camelot And John Lynch more or less answered, "Don't know. They're just we got to decide if we're going to open practice windows or not." And that to yeah. me says that to me says a lot about where they stand on guys like Danny Gray and Robert Beal and Darrell Luter for this year. Yeah, we'll talk about a couple of those guys in a uh, an award coming up. Excellent. Can't Spoiler wait. Spoiler alert. Now's a good um, time for a break if we want a break. Sure. Let's let's take All a break. Right. We'll and pause we'll for a second and a half on on YouTube so Tyler can throw in an ad for the uh, the podcast version. Yeah, we're gonna and then we're gonna go heavy into the into the into the second half here. Here we go. Yeah. All right, it's time for a different type of award. And I'm going to give myself a candy for prize picks entry of the year. Doing prize picks daily fantasy has enhanced my, not just my football watching experience, but my sports watching experience because I've been doing NBA entries as well. And it's easily my new favorite thing about watching sports. I jump on during the day. I'll punch in a couple of entries. It's You pick two to six players. There's a stat projection for each player. And then you pick more or less on that stat projection. And then you watch the games and you watch a winnings pile up. It's such a good time. And I've made 
buku entries, Chris. I've made so many. I was I was scrolling down and I wanted to find my best entry of the year. And there's a couple options. Mm. But there's one from week two that I just really nailed. Because I do the flex play option a lot, which is if you pick, let's say, four squares. So you pick four players in your in your lineup. And if three of them, if you're right on three of them, but but one of them is incorrect, you still win a little bit of money with the flex play. I always do the flex play. And it's really worked out for me. But in this week, I did not even need the flex play because I nailed all three in my entry. I had Christian McCaffrey... More than 66 and a half rushing yards against the Rams. He went for 116, blew that number out of the water. I had Debo Samuel more than 50 and a half receiving yards. And again, Debo Samuel is going to kill the Rams. And he did so on that Sunday, especially with Brandon Ayuk getting hurt. He had 63 yards, went, went way north of that 50 and a half. And then I had Tyler Higby, the Rams tight end to go less than 45 and a half receiving yards. The 49ers did a great job on the tight end that day. Didn't do as good of a job on Puka Nakua, but they really locked up Tyler Higby. He only had 12 receiving yards, went way less than that number. And I maxed out my winnings on my flex play by going three for three. And that is our prize picks entry of the year. And I'm really thrilled to give myself this award. Congratulations. Um, I hope you're able to find a spot maybe on one of the shelves behind you mm-hmm. for the award. Um, mm-hmm. I'm expecting to see it bright and polished every time we record the podcast over your shoulder. Yeah. Um, because frankly, you should be proud of yourself and, and all that you've accomplished and Everything. all the hard work that went into it. Yeah. Thank so you. congrats Thank to you. you. Yeah. I've been I've been doing great with NBA entries too. I'm having I, I'm having such a good time with it. You can join us, though, at prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Use promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Use promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back. All right, defensive player of the year. Half that was year. a great break. I feel so refreshed. Me too. I, I'm. I've got some water in me. I got some orange slices. I'm ready to go. All right, defensive player of the year of the first half. <laughs> <laughs> the candy goes for me to Fred Warner. Yeah, I think that's going to be unanimous here. I don't yeah. think there's really a second option. Great. We so did. Some- the Mike Brown of uh, of twenty twenty three defensive player of the year candies. I bet he'd be so thrilled about that. Yeah. Did you know Talano Hufanga and De'Aaron Fox are friends? Um. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I, I do. Just... I I know. I actually know a decent amount about that. Uh, I don't think what I know is consumable for public. Mm. public content but I yes see. i am i am aware okay great so <laughs> i won't make this any more uncomfortable than it needs to be no, it's it's, it's not uncomfortable clearly, for me <laughs> it's pretty clearly it's pretty clearly fred warner and yeah. it, he's been good despite been mostly good despite the fact that the defensive line in front of him has been really bad so has it been that, really bad is it really bad or just like not good enough they're like 26th in run defense. 
that's fair. They can't stop the run at all. And that's that's what's going to affect Fred Warner significantly. So yeah, no, he's still he's still a baller. And I don't I don't know if there's anyone really even close to playing on his level right now. Two interceptions, two forced fumbles, two sacks. I'm and curious least, as, as to how many players in the league have that. And at least that line. I can look it up if you want. And at least yeah. two uh, dropped interceptions as well. Yeah, he's got, he leads. Oh, what he doesn't the lead the team. Two what? Uh, two interceptions, two forced fumbles, and two sacks. I'm on it. Um, yeah, I think Fred, I mean, Fred clearly stands out, right? He just, mm-hmm. he flies all over the place. He, he's like, I think Fred, and maybe this is harped on a lot, and maybe I'm I'm beating a dead horse with this point, but like, mm-hmm. What Richard Sherman was to the cornerback position in terms of understanding offensive tendencies and alignments and being able to put his teammates in position to succeed before the snap based on all the work he does in preparation, mm-hmm. I think might be Fred Warner's most underrated trait. Because like we watch him run around and we watch him cover, you know, really any any skill position guy, like he can cover receivers, he can cover running backs, he can cover tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff like really jumps out when you're just watching the game. But I think what's underrated is just like between the years stuff. Like yeah. he is, he is elite at play recognition, tendency recognition, all of that stuff. And I think he got, frankly, I think he got a lot of that from Richard Sherman, having him as a teammate for those few years. I think that really benefited Warner a lot. Um, But I do think if you're talking about like comparing this season to other Fred Warner seasons, I do think there's like a tendency where he'll like overrun a play or not be in in the correct spot. And maybe that's a function of some of what's going on with Steve Wilkes um, and maybe some of the coverage stuff that's happening on the back end. But um, no, this is this is my filibuster while you find that. I've got that it. stat head. You got it. All right. Fred how many Warner. players how, how many players have two interceptions, two forced fumbles, and two sacks this season? Fred Warner. That's the list. He's the only one? Yep. Six players did it last year, including Fred Kalano Warner. Hufanga. Huff. Yeah. Two sacks, four picks, two forced fumbles for him. Derwin James also did it last year. As did Broncos linebacker Josie Jewell. Jalen Ramsey did it last year. Isaiah Simmons and Legarius Sneed all did it. Nice. But Fred Warner, the only one so far this year. Yeah. It's good company for him. Yeah. I don't know about the, it seemed like he could have really like been a DPOI candidate, like sees like not just for the Niners midseason candy awards, Which, but I mean, what's the bigger deal? Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe we could ask him like, Hey, Fred, you know, early November during the bye, you got named the Niners Defensive Player of the Year in the Candies. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Um, but does that mean more to you than potentially winning NFL Defensive Player of the Year? Um, your thoughts? I bet he would say more than Debo Samuel did when we did that bit with him. <laughs> You're like, hey, congrats on winning the candy for best play. Your thoughts. And he was like, all right. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Debo. Wally L- Wally Lama in the YouTube chat uh, says says this is his third candies, his first time attending, confirming my suspicion that this is in fact our third candies. It's We're so good first, at keeping. It's, it's our first time attending as well. This is great. Oh, on YouTube, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, right. we're really good at like keeping track of of old shows and old bits. We just really <laughs> did. We've done almost five hundred and fifty of these bad boys. I don't. Yeah. Us. That's true. We gotta blow it out for the six hundred show, by the way. Six hundred is a lot of eps. We gotta we gotta map that out. Is that gonna be during the season or during the spring? Oh, it'll be during the season for sure. We're like I said, okay. I think we're close to five fifty right now. And at three well, a week. Oh wait. Fifty. That's like twenty. Oh, never mind. It's not gonna happen during the season. I'm part of like the scouting combine. Dude, it's <laughs> gonna be just huge show. It's the six hundred <laughs> show. Let's talk sixth round tight ends. All right. We've got <laughs> huge Let's show. Let's move We've on got... to 40 times. <laughs> huge show. We've got that asshole that runs the senior bowl on as a guest. 
<laughs> All right, we're talking 10-yard splits after the break. What's his name, Jim Nagy? Yes. My man loves the Senior Bowl, and shout out to him. God yes, bless he's, him. He's grown he, the hell out of that event. He really, really loves the Senior Bowl. The Reese's Senior Bowl. Excuse me. Indubitably. Yeah. All right. Um, My favorite all right. thing is anytime any NFL player who attended the Senior Bowl fucking sneezes, Jim Nagy's like, super uh, Senior Bowl attendee, bang, graphic. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Got <laughs> <laughs> hey, right. man. It's, it's all marketing. And he does, like I said, he does a great job. I'm just going to make fun of it. And that's he's going to get his money, and that's dope for him. All yes. right. He's the winner in this situation. <laughs> My podcast has almost 550 episodes in, though. So it would it would just be a really phenomenal bit if we did like a blowout episode 600 extravaganza. And it's like a week after the combine <laughs> <laughs> in like the most dead portion of the NFL calendar. And just get just every unknown draft analyst in to celebrate with us. Yeah. It's yeah. like, do you have a mock draft? You're invited. For sure. All right. Offensive player of the year. I went with Brock Purdy. Oh, wow. You zagged. I did. Okay. And I zagged for a reason that I will explain later on. But so we me, don't agree with, with every pick on in this episode? Kind of. So, okay. <laughs> no, that wasn't that wasn't totally it. So I went with Brock because I think Brock needs to get recognized on some level here, and this was the award that I am going to give him. And it might have been different if he had played, uh, if he had if he had not thrown a couple interceptions against Minnesota or Cincinnati, but to me, he's the offensive player of the year. He's done. Uh, just a, a really nice job despite the turnovers even even that game against the Bengals he wasn't awful and he's I don't want to the mistakes have stacked up over the last couple of weeks but he's still limiting them to one area of the game it's like they're down late and he throws a couple picks that's obviously a problem like it's not a good thing but it's not like he's throwing four interceptions a game and he just f forgot how to play quarterback. He just made a couple of late mistakes and they get highlighted. So I wanted to give Brock a little bit of shine here and at least one candy. So he got my offensive player of the year vote. Brock Purdy still second in the NFL in passer rating, uh, third in the NFL in QBR. He led for most of the season. The only quarterbacks with a, with better QBRs than Brock Purdy right now, Josh Allen, 77.1, uh, and Patrick Mahomes, 74.9. Brock Purdy's QBR is 74.3. Um, so I think the, the thing that I take away from Brock Purdy's struggles is like, and he still leads the NFL in yards per attempt, like the efficiency stuff. And obviously some of that has to do with yards after the catch, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. We all we all know what that conversation is, um, but I think the my, my main point for Brock Purdy right now, even amid this three game losing streak where he hasn't played particularly well, uh, particularly in like fourth quarters of games, mm. it's that like it never feels like the Niners can't move the ball. It never feels like they are in no way going to win a game with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. In the same way, like you look at Mac Jones and it just feels like the Patriots are helpless as long as he's their quarterback, right? Like even when Brock Purdy's not going well or as well as he did earlier in the season, it's uh, sorry that the dog is barking. No, it's okay. um, I don't it's know trick -or if, if, if it can be picked up. Yeah. Trick or treaters on, on Thursday, November 2nd. She disagrees um, wholeheartedly with your take. She hates Brock. Yeah, she's she's just I think I think the Amazon guy's here and she's Lily's just not having it. Um she wants to anyway, know if Kyle Shanahan is going to make a change at quarterback over the bye week. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that I think that's accurate. Um point being is like it still feels like if Brock Purdy just limits those mistakes overall, we would be talking about him like a quarterback who's playing at an extremely high level. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's just like he's playing at a really high level and then it's like two or three plays a game where it's like, damn, that was really bad. And that's going to cost the 49ers dearly in this situation. So 
in the aggregate, it's like, man, it's rough to have your quarterback throw those interceptions in those key moments. Mm-hmm. But if you look at all of it, it's and and you know on an individual play basis, it still feels like Purdy's playing at a pretty damn high level. To your point, so yeah. I I agree with with your assessment of Purdy, but I I don't have him as offensive player of the year. Who do you have there? Um, Mitch Wisnowski. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it's Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Um, okay. Thirteen total touchdowns, nine hundred and forty-four scrimmage yards in eight games. Uh, just like, I don't know, offensive player of the year candidate fair pulling up. He's second, he's second in the league, uh, in total scrimmage yards behind only Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has eight touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey is 13. Tyreek Hill has a thousand 14 receiving yards. He has like a hundred fewer receiving yards than the chiefs entire wide receiving core. Yeah. So CMC is second in scrimmage yards and first in touchdowns. You know, Raheem Mostert has 12 touchdowns this season. Yeah, dude. He's tearing it up. That's that's bananas. That's crazy. So I'm going to I'm going to put a pin in your offensive player of the year award and just say that my MVP was McCaffrey for all the reasons you just listed. Which so I went reverse of how the NFL does it, where the MVP goes to the quarterback and offensive player of the year is just the best non-quarterback. Okay. I just flipped that. So McCaffrey is my MVP for all the reasons you're listing. And I think part of the reason that it feels like the 49ers can always move the ball with Brock Purdy is because Christian McCaffrey is also on the field. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we've seen the 49ers offense struggle a little bit in an, in an environment where they don't have Trent Williams and maybe the blocking up front isn't as good. And Christian McCaffrey's not finding as much room to run and having as much success on the ground. So I, I, I think you can flip those either way and be fine with it and feel okay about it. But I went with McCaffrey MVP and then that, that dropped Purdy into the OPOY for me. Okay. I don't hate it. Who's your MVP? Can I do two Mitch Wisnowski bits in a row? Sure. Is that uh, overkill? No, let's set it up right now. Three, two, one. Okay, so who's your MVP then? Listen, this is a guy that not many people are talking about, but you turn on the tape and he just keeps producing week after week, no matter what's happening around him. And I feel like this guy's just really carrying the 49ers and – he brought he brought a chip into his sho- a chip on his shoulder into the season, mm-hmm. um, and you know you heard all the all the discussion about how hard he worked in the off season, um, and how much he was training. He was obviously in the best shape of his life in training camp, and I think we're we're really starting to see the fruits of all that labor for for Mitch Wisnowski, yeah. who's second in the NFL in uh, punts pinned as a percentage inside the opponent's twenty yard line. Um, meanwhile. You know, he's he's second in the league. The guy, Logan Cole for Jacksonville, who we're going to see in a couple Sundays, uh, first in the league at 62 and a half percent. The thing is with talking about the thing is with Logan Cook that I think people are overrating uh, or not looking into enough, I should say. I mean, Logan Cook, obviously an overrated punter. I think that goes without saying. Um, But the real the the real punting king in that game is going to be Mitch Wisnowski. Logan Cook has a nine point four percent touchback percentage on his punts so like if 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 you're looking at logan cook and like oh obviously that guy's the best punter in the league no screw that give me mitch wisnowski eight days a week his touchback percentage four percent what would you rather have a guy kicking in the end zone on 9.4 percent of his punts or a punter who's expertly down getting it inside the 20 inside the 10 at the second highest rate in the league with only a four percent touchback percentage i'm taking the latter So yeah, Mitch Wisnowski. Good bit. Um, MVP. Hey, no, hey, it's. Do you think there's a joke to be made, and I'm, I'm not going to take the time to figure it out right now because it's a mm-hmm. Jaguars punter. But there's a joke about too many cooks in the kicking that I'm going to figure out by week ten. Okay. I, I think it needs workshopping. They had the punter handle kickoffs because there were too many cooks in the kicking. 
or something. I'll work on it. Yeah. Um, no, the uh, the real MVP, or I guess the the MVP who's not Mitch Wisnowski, the non Mitch Wisnowski MVP award is uh, is Christian McCaffrey. So you just went McCaffrey for OPOY and MVP. You I did. Just co- you just copped out. I just, okay. I, I just thought so, those were the best answers. No, it probably is. I just wanted a different player at, at OPOY. So real quick, our our friend Rory in our in our YouTube chat, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search Candlestick Chronicles is right there. Subscribe, hit the like button on all of our videos. We'd appreciate the hell out of that. He asked if the offensive player of the year slash MVP can be a lineman because Trent Williams has a strong case. I I agree for sure. In the NFL sense, no, that that will very likely never ever even come close to happening. But for the 49ers, I think you can make the case that Trent Williams is an MVP because of how much their offense has struggled since he's been out or been hurt in week six. And then, oh, excuse me, been out the last couple weeks. That said, the best ability is availability. And he was bad in week six and he's been out for two games. They've only played eight. If you want to have a discussion just purely on value, like who is extremely valued, you, like just look at the Niners' offensive splits with and without Trent Williams. That's it. Particularly in the running game. Yeah. And we've we've noted, we did a whole long spiel about it in the last pod. Um, go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. But like last three games since Trent Williams got hurt, Niners are averaging 95.3 rushing yards per game. Before that, when in the first five, when they went 5-0, and oh, they're at 156.4. And the efficiency stats are, are are very reflective of that also. I know those are totals and those can be skewed by game scripts and all and everything like that. Um, but I think they were averaging something like almost five yards a carry and they're they're at like three and a half mm-hmm. over the last three. Something like that. I haven't I haven't yeah, done the, it's, the complete I think it's math, three and a half. Yeah. So if you want to quantify Trent Williams' value, you can absolutely do it that way. Um, but in terms of like getting an award for most valuable player, um, yeah, best availability or best ability is availability. Exactly. A wise man once said. Mm-hmm. I came up with that just now. Yeah. I came up with a couple more joke awards to give out while we were talking. Great. Let's hear them. Okay. I'll run through mine first. Best player with a seasoning for a name. That's going to go to Tabor Pepper. <laughs> and he's just done a really, really fine job as the team's long snapper this year. You see him down on kick co- or on, on punt coverage all the time. He's down there either making a tackle or getting, getting in there, mixing it up. And love to see that for our guy in front of the show, Tabor Pepper. Yeah, he liked one of my tweets today. Wow. So shout That's out to... big time because you never tweet. I know. Well, I've I've been really enjoying what's been happening at the uh, the University of Michigan football program recently. <laughs> oh, and um, Tabor Pepper, of course, Michigan State. So he is all in yes, on, on, on is, being a hater. He is he is with me in our in our we have shared feelings. Sure. Um, I'm just pulling up the Niners roster in case there's another potential name that is seasoning. Um, but I'm not, I'm not fine. Kenny, Kenny Caraway, speaking of the whole Michigan Ohio state thing, Kenny Caraway of D'Lo and KC on ESPN 1320 Sacramento sports leader. He, I, we were talking about college football and I mentioned that, that you're an Ohio state guy and he goes, he's an Ohio state fan. I'm like, no, 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 no. He went to Ohio state. <laughs> <laughs> it's a difference. We don't In fairness, I've been, state, I've been bleeding scarlet my whole life. I've I've been bleeding scarlet my whole life, so yeah, you've just been a so, guy. No, um, yeah, people people are like, oh, you're huge. First of all, anytime I say I went to Ohio State, people are like, oh, the Ohio State. I'm like, sure, mm-hmm. and like I'm the asshole because I went to the school, but it's everyone else who's saying it. Like if you didn't go to, it's the. I think that's one of the funniest things about the the Ohio State thing is like I know other Ohio State people. They're not super into like the oh yeah I went to the Ohio State like people who went to Ohio State don't really do that I know they do it on like Sunday night football intros because that's like what you're supposed to do right but like Ohio State alums are just like yeah I went to Ohio State and it's right. everybody else who didn't go who meets Ohio State people who go oh the Ohio State and it's like all right sure yeah it's Ohio <laughs> State fans who are just talking shit right yeah all right right 
So yeah, best um, player with a seasoning for a name, Taper Pepper. Takes that takes that candy home. Yeah, I don't uh I can't I can't find any other any other possibilities. That's that's good on you. Um no, I have no, uh no rosemaries. <laughs> I have a this is a shared award that's Ooh. going to two guys who I think have earned it um maybe almost equally. I mean we could we could argue about about that, but um it's uh can you get on the active forty six award? Ooh. And uh I'm sure I'm sure Ty Davis Price and Danny Gray are thrilled to be co recipients of this one. Um I know TDP has been active a little bit more this year because of what uh because of injury to, to other running backs, but um the Niners just a funny thing happens with the Niners because as well as they've drafted and as as however many stars that they've found in the draft in day two and day three. They've also just had dudes who just like don't contribute at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately for them, I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something about just sort of the type of guy they look for in like late, late picks. But it's like a lot of times when they have positional overlap with guys they draft in day three versus guys they draft in day two, more often than not, it's the day three guys that are actual contributors to the team. And it's like, you know, it's Juwan Jennings instead of Jalen Hurd, right? It's it's Elijah Mitchell instead of Trey Sermon. It's Brock Purdy instead of Trey Lance. It's, I don't know, you can go go on down the list. There, I'm sure there are more uh, as I look. But, like, you know, you got Ronnie Bell, who's already playing over Danny Gray. I know Danny Gray got hurt, but it doesn't seem like the 49ers are in any rush to get Danny Gray on the field. No. Which I think, which I think says a lot. Um, you have Jordan Mason, who's who's you know the backup running back while Ty Davis Price, the third round pick, is struggling to be active on game days. Um, so I, uh, yeah, the uh, the the can you get on the active forty six award goes to two guys, TDP and and Danny Gray. Shots to them. Fingers crossed that they are able to continue pursuing their NFL dreams. Uh, punter of the year, you laid it out earlier. Mitch Wisnowski gets the punter of the year award. A lot of competition for that spot, but it's pretty clearly Mitch. Yeah, obviously no argument from my end. I already laid out the entire Mitch Wisnowski case, so congrats to him on that. Um, stat line of the year? Ooh. Individual um, game or season long? Individual game. And I, you know what? Bad job by me. I had I had my notes all queued up, and, and then they got lost in my email. Um, I have, a, it, it's, I have it's, an award to give out while you're looking for yours. I have it. I have it. Okay. Um, It is Brock Purdy for week uh, four against the Arizona Cardinals. 20 of 21, 95.2% completion rate, uh, 283 yards, a touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. Um, This is from the team. Uh, is 95.2% completion percentage, highest single game completion percentage in franchise history. Yep. Been some decent quarterbacks in Niners franchise history. Uh, pretty notable. Purdy's 94, 95.2 completion percentage marks fourth highest in a single game in NFL history of any quarterback with a minimum of 20 attempts. Sheesh. It's not terrible. Um, so that is that is the stat line of the year, in my wow. opinion, for a 49er. It's a really, really good stat line. Not bad at all. George Kittle's three touchdown game was pretty good too. But when you're having the fourth highest completion rate in a game of all time, that's that's not bad. Yeah. Best penalty committer? That goes to Dre Greenlaw. My man Mm. can commit the hell out of a personal foul. And boy, does he toe the line sometimes. It's funny you say that Greenlaw. because I literally wrote down most likely to toe the line, Drake Greenlaw. <laughs> look at that. Hey, look at us. Uh, in the running for this, sneaky in the running for this, Spencer Burford. Oh, a lot of penalties. A lot of penalties. Yeah. A lot but of penalties for Spayberf, yeah. Drake Greenlaw, Drake Greenlaw is more of a splash penalty guy. So he gets the award. I have um, three more. I have one more, and I'm really excited about it. And uh, this is in. Uh, I'm not that excited about it. Okay. This isn't this is in no way meant to throw uh, a a very good friend, a mentor, a a, uh, a a frequent guest on the pod under the bus. But um, I have the uh, the best thrower of the football in 49ers history award. 
it goes to uh it goes to none other than Sam Darnold. And awesome. uh shout out shout out to our guy Matt Mayoko. Um I and now that I mentioned that, uh the uh, I'm going to throw in another one since since Matt Mayoko is going to do what I did is on mine. Yeah. Did you do the um, no, 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 the, no, no. Keep going. The, I was thinking of this. The player the Chiefs would not trade for Patrick Mahomes straight up award um, per Matt Mayoko is uh, that's going to Brock Purdy. The 49ers um, would not trade straight up for. Sorry. Yeah. The the player the 49ers would not trade straight up for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Is Yeah. Good. Good job. Are you uh, correcting me on that? Uh, goes to, to goes to Brock Purdy. We did not like that. Really, could have been a thing if we like really wanted to tweet really out about it. We could have really been dicks. Like Matt Mayoko said, and like tra- and got all sorts of traffic on it. But um, it's not. I, I mean, coincidentally, Matt Mayoko came on the pod after was it after the Cowboys game? Yeah, and uh, said that, and then the Niners lose three straight, and Brock Purdy doesn't look nearly as good as he did. Oof. <laughs> so shout out to matt we love matt um matt said some just a couple things this year that's just like he's he's not the the take artist the uh the football take provocateur mm-hmm. that um that other people seem to to really try to be but he has he's had a couple doozies it's, this year so shout out to him for for stepping out and uh and and going classic. outside of his lane a little bit so the, the most talented thrower in 49ers history thing was one of those classic got taken out of context for social media by a producer at a radio station. Right. You take that one line and then it gets lost in this one line gets lost in this whole long explanation. Right. Okay. The Patrick Mahomes thing is wild. <laughs> I understand the whole the contract aspect of it. And I think if we sat down and really did a deep dive on what would the team look like and who would they have to get rid of, what would the contracts look like and all that, I think that they would that we would work out that the Niners would most definitely do that trade. But in the moment when you're going, Brock Purdy's gonna cost less than a million, the offense is going thirty five points a game, like why would you mess with a good thing when you have a cheap quarterback? I get it. I get it. I do. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is making what, forty times what Brock Purdy's making this year? At least 40. So speaking of 40 times, congratulations to Brock Purdy for being as fast as Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, it was great news coming out of Sunday. It was just how explosive. He was. <laughs> Brock Purdy, super explosive. Niners not losing any ground on the Eagles. You love to see it. That's my favorite. That That is one of my favorite takes of, of the season. Really like, good. Just, just uh, astounding. Really good. Astounding take. I have an award for best backup quarterback. That's going to go to Sam Darnold. It was a close race between him and Brandon Allen. I have another award for Javon of the year. <laughs> and it goes to Hargrave. He just beats out Kinlaw. Well, are those the same award? Like backup can... quarterback and Javon of the year? No, no. Is very it different? I mean, don't that doesn't it have to be Javon of the year? Well, it's spelled the same way. This is more of okay. like a visual joke. So, Okay. That's fair. J A the J A V O N of the year. It goes okay. to Hargrave. I pre- I I feel more comfortable with that okay. terming of the award. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the defensive tackle <laughs> who spells their name this way. Yeah, it goes to Hargrave. He beat out Ken Law. And finally, I have an award for the person talking the most about this being Brock Purdy's last chance, and it goes to Chase Daniel of the thirty third <laughs> team in the Athletic. Congratulations to Chase Daniel on his award in his first season as an analyst. Can we can we expound on that? Can we expound on that a little bit? Because I haven't. um, Okay, I've seen. I saw your tweet, but I haven't. uh, I haven't done the dive on this issue. So okay, Brock Purdy has been struggling a little bit late in these games. Okay, but overall, still playing pretty well. Uh, Grant Cohn of Sports Illustrated. Uh, of of what's it? Fan Nation, I think it's called. Maven. Grant uh, of Maven employee Grant Cohn. I don't want to mess it up because I'm USA Today Sports Media Group. It's not USA <laughs> right. Today, so I don't want to. It's wanna, Fan Nation. Yeah, I think that's what, what it is. is. Whatever it is, he 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 covers the 49ers. He asked Kyle Shanahan in a press conference. He said, "Hey, you thinking about changing your quarterback at the buy?" And Shanahan was like, "Nope." And he's like, "Why?" 
and Shanahan went because you don't change your quarterback for no reason. So that was the beginning and end of that. Okay. <laughs> Chase Daniel, again, former NFL quarterback, backup quarterback, ski mask Hall of Famer, just made millions of dollars to hold a clipboard. Love that for him. M- Mizzou legend, uh, uh, right below our our buddy Nick Wagner in the Mizzou alum power rankings for me. Uh, and uh, and and Leanne, the better half, went to uh, went to Mizzou also. Oh, have to say. oh, now it's awkward. <laughs> Nick and Leanne, you know, like we're we're not differentiating here. <laughs> it, but uh, this, I split these. Into I can't let the Mizzou fe- thing go, in, and I split these into male and female categories. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> so and then Chase Daniel goes on Twitter today and says a lot of talk this week of quote is this Brock Purdy's last chance? Sky seems to be falling for 49ers fans. Perfect time for a bye week reset. I did a deep dive into the film versus Cincy and explained exactly what happened. So I searched on Twitter, Brock Purdy's last chance. <laughs> Chase Daniels tweet talking about how many people were talking about this was the only thing on Twitter that used that phrase. And I thought that was very, very funny. So that's a shout out to Chase Daniel for his first ever candy. The content game is, is wild. Just like explosive headline all caps just ascribing a conversation that's not really there and then building content out of it. And I'm not, Ooh. I'm not even blaming chase for it, but it's just a funny dynamic to see on the internet. Hey, can we, can we title this episode on Twitter because I'm certain or on YouTube, because I'm certain it'll get, it'll be a banger. If we say mm-hmm. Brock Purdy is not the 49ers team MVP, not in all caps. Oh, interesting. Maybe yeah, maybe we can do a thumbnail. Do a thumbnail. MVP question mark, not all caps, and then Brock Purdy. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I have nothing else. It's the bye week, bro. It's the bye week, man. We get a weekend to just kind of I'm gonna do our own thing and watch casually and and maybe, you know, enjoy a couple candles at Chronicles, hazy IPAs. I, I read a story, I don't know if you're familiar, uh, the paper of record in Sacramento, it's called the Sacramento Bee, mm-hmm. and there Heard was a it. story There was a story in it about Apple Hill, Oh. and so I read that, and it really motivated me to get up to Apple Hill for the first time, so I think I'm going to do that on Saturday with my wife. Are you really? I think so. Oh, we wow. We talked about it. That's, We've not said that's amazing. In, in firm, but the story talked about like the this like apple cider donut thing that i really really want to eat so rainbow farms yeah no if you uh if you need any info on apple hill i can connect you with the guy who who uh, knows a thing or two about it so great yeah do you we, know uh... any do you know any female mizzou alums that know anything about it <laughs> i'd really love to talk to them yeah i do and uh <laughs> and a dog who got extremely angry at the amazon guy could also talk to you about it <laughs> Those are the opinions. Um, I want the opinions of the real people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Right. Apple's uh it's it's like if you like fall and I I've only um saying this cuz I went up a few weeks ago. If you like fall and all of the fall fest festivities, mm-hmm. it is like fall I Disneyland. Do. Then I'm it, dude, that's exactly what I want. Just be uh be a little prepared for some traffic if you're going on Saturday. That's all I'll say. Uh w- Nate Thomas in the chat asked also where is the best Catrick willis appearance candy uh it's right here i've got it for you it's the one where he jumped up on the desk and then kept trying to show you guys his asshole (laughs) it was that one okay great way to way to end the show on a high mark (laughs) (laughs) all right see everybody all right (laughs) have fun at apple hill enjoy uh enjoy the fall and uh let me know how it goes yeah i sure will uh, everybody enjoy hoodie season sglambchops.com get your hoodies there candlestick 20 for 20 percent off drink cooperage beer get it at cooperagebrewing.com or go visit that brewery up there in santa rosa it's a really really great time we highly recommend it and uh if you're listening to the pod subscribe to the youtube channel if you're watching with us on youtube subscribe to the pod cross promotion multiple platforms like and subscribe review comment 
uh, notification bells, all those things. Hit those. Help support the channel. We appreciate you guys. See ya. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.